0: This week on The Rail Splitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast, we're talking about visiting Civil War battlefields.
1: Now, 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 not five, not four, not two, just
2: three, the Rail Splitter,
0: axe in hand, looking out at a frontier of hope
1: and possibility. In action to each other and party on.
0: Welcome to the Railsplitter, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. My name is Jeremy. With me today are Railsplitter Nick.
2: What's going on, Podcast Galaxy?
0: And Railsplitter Mary.
1: Hey, Railsplitters.
0: So, I'm just noticing, Nick, I don't know how I didn't notice this when we started the call, but have you done some remodeling, or is this uh, is this something new?
2: Uh, yeah, I finally got the office done for the most part, so... Wow. Kind nice. of a new setup, so got the like 1930 post office desk behind me um then yeah i got myself a little mic stand that's nice so
0: yeah Well oh, if uh i know obviously Moving you're forward. listening so you can't uh, see this but nick actually looks like a podcaster his microphone is mounted uh on like one of those nice uh stands where you can have your whole desk space free so i think the podcast just took a step in the in the professional direction and shockingly it was nick who brought us there how about that <laughs> Right. So.
2: Yeah, first time using this. Kind
0: of nice. Yeah, it looks cool. So uh, I apologize. It was my fault that we did not post the show last week. In a way, we uh, were going to record two episodes, and I said, you know what, let's just record one, and then I can record while I'm on vacation, and then I was on vacation, and I decided not to record. So um, uh, apologies for not posting a show last week, but we will continue with our weekly postings, hopefully from here on out. Uh, with a few Thursdays here and there, perhaps, but um, that was my fault. I was spending time with my family on vacation, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, I did want to start the show uh, this week with a quote, one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln, and chat about it just for a short time because I don't want to uh, beat the topic to death because you've probably heard quite a lot about the topic. But with Russia in the news quite a lot, and we're recording this on Monday, which was the day of the meeting uh, between... uh, their president and our president, um, along with some, uh, interesting commentary about it. But the quote that I want to share with you from Abraham Lincoln himself, um, this was, I believe in the earlier part of, uh, his career, um, pre, I shouldn't say earlier part, but pre-presidency. Um, he said, as a nation, we began by declaring that all men are created equal, We now practically read it, all men are created equal except Negroes. When the know-nothings get control, it will read, all men are created equal except Negroes and foreigners and Catholics. When it comes to this, I should prefer emigrating to some country where they'd make no pretense of loving liberty. To Russia, for instance, where despotism can be taken pure and without the base alloy of hypocrisy. Very, very strongly worded quote from Abraham Lincoln. I think that it still uh, is, uh, makes sense, or at least maybe makes more sense today. Um, basically, he is saying that um, yeah, he does not want to live in a country that pretends to love liberty. He'd rather live in a country uh, that openly declares that it doesn't. In that case, it was Russia. Uh, it feels like um, there's quite a lot of parallels in that statement from then to now.
2: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, today has been an interesting day, that's for sure. So, uh, although I, I don't think Russia's so openly about it now, now they kind of try to trick everybody. So
1: yeah, they kind of have yeah. <laughs> evolved over time.
0: Yeah, it feels like they're tricking precisely one person, um, uh-huh. but or at <laughs> least one yeah. one person in particular. Uh, but I do think that that quote makes sense because um you know he's he's pointing out the hypocrisy of a nation that, that claims all men are created equal while having slavery, um, and then is also pointing out the uh, uh, bigotry of, in his case, in this case, the know nothings um, with, with foreigners or, or immigrants. And this, when he says foreigners, I believe he means immigrants mm-hmm. um, and Catholics, because there's a lot of anti Catholic um, sentiment as well at the time. Um, which kind of I think yeah, like that kind of makes me think of that the film *Gangs of New York*. They think they kind of do. A, that's a pretty good uh, film that kind of depicts that. Yeah. Um, that those ideas, um, but this is Lincoln pointing out um, how that um, is hypocritical, um, and he you know kind of almost gives a nod to Russia, but like at least they have despotism, um, kind of like what we would maybe call a dictator or. Um, a despot, Um, he says it's taken pure and without the base alloy of hypocrisy. So a very, very strongly worded statement from Lincoln that I think works today. And you could substitute synonyms um, for know-nothings, And a couple of the other words in that, and it would make sense today. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very tempted to do that. So great quote from Lincoln, uh, specifically about Russia that I think makes sense today. So we do like to try to point that out whenever we can. Uh, the topic for today's show though is visiting civil war battlefields. This is an Abraham Lincoln podcast, but we also bring in the civil war because the two are inextricably linked, obviously the civil war and Abraham Lincoln. So we do talk quite a lot about Civil war topics and we were kind of in our group chat our group text um, kind of sharing a little bit about those ideas and we've talked about it several times and you've probably seen us all post about it on social media and I actually had the um, the luck to visit Gettysburg uh, last week so um, as I was kind of taking that in I thought it would be a good time to just chat about what why we like to go to battlefields what, we, we like about doing it, what we don't like about doing it, some tips that we have, perhaps if you are visiting a battlefield, um, and just kind of things along those lines, because I do think that it is a different type of tourism than just sightseeing, and it's something that I think, for, for me personally, I always kind of have a weird feeling about it, because um, it wasn't something pleasant that happened in, in these locations. Um, And you see a lot of different sites and you hear a lot of different things that people are saying. Um, And it's just kind of a lot to take in along with the history. Um, And it's kind of interesting to think, like, why do we go to these places? Like, what's the point of of doing it? Because war, war, war is hell, right, is a quote that we, one of our friends started right here at The Real Splitter. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, why do we go to places where people suffered and died and these horrific things happened? Um, what sort of things are we hoping to learn from them? And um, maybe we'll share some stories about things that we've seen at those battlefields. Uh, because it was definitely something that I was thinking about. Um, I went on a family vacation in 1989 when I was nine years old um, to Civil War battlefields. And it was a very important in my life and kind of led me, I think, on a path toward being a history teacher for sure. Um, and, you know, I shared an experience on our last show about... Um, something that happened there, um, in Richmond where I was kind of confronted by a, a person who thought the South may rise again, (laughs) um, but that stuff's still going on, which I'll mention a little bit later too. So, um, I just kind of wanted to open it up uh, to the two of you and then the three of us can have a conversation about civil war battlefields. And um, why don't we just start by sharing a little bit about maybe some of the battlefields that you all have gone to and uh, maybe we'll start the conversation there and see where it goes.
2: You go ahead, Mary.
1: Okay. Um, so I've been to just three Civil War battlefields. I wish it was more, but um, I've been to Gettysburg three or four times now. I've been to Antietam once, and I've been to Chickamauga, which also includes Lookout Mountain, and all of them are like amazing in their own ways, because they were all three very important battles, three very different battles, um, and if you ask me to pick a favorite, it's, it's tough, but... For some reason, Chickamauga comes out as um, probably one of my favorites to visit, um, quite closely followed by Gettysburg and Antietam as well. But like I said, it, it's tough because each each battlefield for me is like a, a different experience to see. Um, and the next one that I'm probably going to visit is Kennesaw Mountain in, in Georgia, which was a, as we know, a Union defeat for General Sherman. Uh, just it was part of his Atlanta campaign
2: awesome I have been to the first battlefield I ever went to was Shiloh and then I've been to Antietam this isn't a battlefield well I guess kind of is maybe Harper's Ferry Gettysburg Battle of Bull Run and I've been to the westernmost battlefield out in Arizona uh, which I'll probably butcher this name. Battle uh Pikachu Pass or Pacachu? I don't know. P- Pikachu, like the Pokemon? P- Pikachu. Probably not Pikachu at all. But <laughs> Pikachu, whatever. Pikachu Pass. Look it up. Westernmost battlefield. I've been there. 23 troops. Confederate victory. Uh, yeah, so those are the battlefields I've been to.
0: So I've been to a handful. Um, I, I don't remember exactly which ones I went to when I was a kid, but I believe it was Gettysburg, uh, Manassas-slash-Bull Run, uh, Antietam-slash-Sharpsburg, um, and Appomattox Courthouse. There may have been one or two. I believe Chancellorsville also. Actually, I know Chancellorsville as well, um, and I think that's all of them. Um, I may have gone to one or two others in there, uh, but I very vividly distinctly remember, uh, Chancellorsville, um, just the, they have like a rock where, um, Thomas Jackson, Stonewall Jackson, uh, was, uh, shot. Um, uh, that was Chancellorsville, right? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Um,
0: yeah. and then, uh. Then I remember like the monuments and things at Manassas, uh, obviously I remember a lot about Gettysburg, um, Antietam's great. Cause you got bloody lane and Burnside bridge are two very distinctive, um, elements of that battlefield. And then obviously Appomattox courthouse, um, the ba- there wasn't much of a battle in the battlefield itself. There's, is, um, nothing much to it, but the McLean house. Uh, is very, very much worth a visit as well. So I visited those when I was a kid, and then I hadn't been back to one until I went to Gettysburg uh, just, um, man, the end of last week. So that would have been, I think I was there on Friday. Um, so uh, very, very, very cool to get back there. It was nice to be there with my kids. Uh, my son was actually, surprisingly, he's seven. Um, we did watch the Ken Burns um parts on Gettysburg and he, and he sat and it held his attention and he watched it the whole time. So he kind of had an idea about the battle. Um, I tried, uh, I got a little carried away and I tried to watch Gettysburg with him and he stuck with it for, um, maybe a half hour and he's like, hey, is it okay if I go watch something else? I said, yeah, buddy, that's <laughs> cool. Um, so he tried, but that wasn't, that was a little tougher for him to, to kind of capture his attention. But uh, just, just recently, just to kind of talk about my most recent visit uh, to Gettysburg, it was a very, very wonderful experience to share with my family. Um, I got a little bit more out of it, obviously, as an adult because I know the historic context quite a quite a bit better. Um, but they have done a great job updating it. Um, the The visitor center that I think went up in two thousand eight or so is is beautiful. It's lovely. It's a great facility. Highly re- recommend a visit. Um, if you go, and obviously you listen to the show, you so you probably have a pretty good understanding of the battle itself, but I think Gettysburg is very important to understand a little bit about the battle, um, because I, I remember being very, this last time I visited, being very, very awestruck at just how significant the Union advantage was, especially on the, on the second and third day. Like if you, like, because we stood on Little Round Top, and that was my son's favorite spot, like he knew what it was, we kind of learned about everything on Little Round Top. But you kind of read about how the union had a advantage, had the high ground, um, in the movie, you know, you got Sam Elliott talking about the high ground and all that stuff, but when you actually stand there, it is breathtaking. Almost the degree, when you picture it in your head, like the significance of the advantage that they had, um, it is pretty astounding how, um, to try to picture where the Confederates would have been and when they would have come, especially in Pickett's charge, like it was really incredible the amount of audacity that lee showed in that battle and really um, being there i think you get a really good feel for just the magnitude of the advantage of the union's position Um, and really how crazy it would have been to attack that position it was really really quite strong so um, it was great great to see that as well so i don't know if, if you've seen anything like that in a battlefield maybe that maybe helped you understand it a little bit better
1: I, I have, and it was at Gettysburg, um, and the when I was there last June, the second day my friend and I were there, we went to the seminary um, that's there, and they have a museum that is completely devoted to the first day of the battle, and I can't recommend going to that museum enough. It was amazing, and I did the tour of the cupola where Buford was, and that was where I really started to understand and like you're up there and you're seeing what he saw. And it, I would do the tour again. And I'm pl- I'm going back to Gettysburg in November and I think I'm gonna do the tour again because since I did all the tweeting about the battle a few weeks ago, I haven't like I feel like I have a better grasp on it and understanding of it. So I think to do that tour again would be even um, I would get more out of it. Um, And I had the same thing when I was on Little Round Top as well as where Pickett's Charge was, just the audacity that Lee had. It's just amazing to stand there and see it all. And um, as well at Chickamauga, standing on Snodgrass Hill where General Thomas made his stand and earned his name, the Rock of Chickamauga, even though it was a union retreat, it's a very powerful place that he stood his ground and held it for as long as he did before they had to retreat back into Chattanooga.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the cool things about going to battlefields is, you know, you do so much reading about certain areas and then you you get to see him. You know, Gettysburg, I mean, I felt the same thing, Little Round Top, especially since one of the most, uh, one of the Civil War books I got into the most when I was younger was uh, Killer Angels. Mm -hmm. And he does a great job, you know, talking about that and Chamberlain uh, and everything that went into that. So definitely seeing that's awesome. You know, Devil's Den at Gettysburg, Shiloh, you got the Hornet's Nest. Um, you know, and then Antietam, I mean, you got several things to me at Antietam was the cornfield, you know, kind of seeing Mm that, Think about the carnage that took place as well as Burnside's bridge is also a cool landmark. So, you know, part of going there is getting the visual of seeing that. And then you also got to play the visual of trying to think about how it would have looked when they were there, you know, trying to take out the modern stuff. You know, you go to Gettysburg. You kind of look where Buford would have been left. You got that road that's going right down there. So, um, but you know, to try to put a a horse or troops where the car would be. Um, but it's kind of cool at the same time. And I know whenever I tackle them, I always try. I try to walk the field if I can, and Kira's willing, uh, which thank God she has. And I will do the Union movement. So what that meant for Bull Run is. I've only done the first battle of bull run because we only had one day and all the walking uh, ate into the time for the second battle of bull run. So I need to go out there and get that done. And Gettysburg, I split into, I think we did it four days if I remember. One day for day one, uh, second day for day two, third day for day three. And then we did one, which I recommend. You can get like a tour guide will jump in your car and kind of go with you and just, you know, give you some different nuggets of knowledge. You can ask some questions. I love that. At gettysburg i don't know if you guys have done that yet or not but uh that, that was cool so um yeah i'd recommend that sorry yeah. i gave you guys more than you probably wanted to hear
0: not at all and Nick's Nick style is this and this is why i was kind of looking forward to doing this episode is, is like as far away from my style as you can be because like <laughs> when i went to Gettysburg, you know i was i took my family so you know my my wife and then my four-year-old and my seven-year-old um so we did not do the entire troop movements of the, of either side. So we, you know, we kind of had to be quick Um, and we were really, I mean, we, we took a, we rented a beach house with, with some more family. So that was what our vacation was. It was not a civil war battlefield vacation. We just kind of took our time driving, um, out East and kind of took a northerly route and then went, um, South, but, uh, so like we did it kind of quickly and I think there's value in, in various ways to do it. Um, I do think that it, at the Gettysburg, um, the museum area, they have the, the panorama, um, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, or you know, the cyclorama, I think is what they yeah, call the, it. Yeah, the cyclorama. Um, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to take the kids in there. Like, are they really going to sit and, and look at a, you know, a painting that goes all the way around? But man, they do a nice job with it. They, you know, they, they light up parts of it, and they, you know, they give you the perspective of it all. And actually, it turned out to be one of our favorite, the kids' favorite parts. Uh, the video um, my son was into, my daughter was was too young for. Um, not not in like a violence way, but just it's very difficult to hold her attention for something like that. Um, so the with the video and the museum tour and all that kind of stuff, um, I thought it. It was, um, it was good, um, and it was definitely worth, uh, worth checking out. And then the battlefield itself, um, my opinion, the best part of any of the battlefields are the, the Rangers who are working there. Um, we had Ranger Rose on a very early episode of of the podcast, which I recommend you check out. Um, they are so, so knowledgeable and they're so strong at dealing with, not dealing with, but working with people, handling questions. Um, I really think that they're, um, I don't want to say underrated, but maybe underappreciated because like just watching them work with people, they handle questions from five-year-old kids to history experts to friendly people to rude people (laughs) to, you know, like they handle all kinds of like they have the people skills to handle that. And then they also have the deep knowledge of the facility that they're at the battlefield that they're at to answer all those questions. Um, so my big recommendation, if you're visiting civil war battlefields is talk to rangers cause they are really, really knowledgeable In Gettysburg, you do have to pay and they're, I don't think they're actual Rangers that do the car thing. They're different kind of tour guides, but they're very, you know, take advantage of that kind of stuff because there is a human element there. You're not going to like a, an old dead place. It's very alive and very vibrant, especially if you enlist the expertise of, of the National Park Rangers.
2: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, every historical site, I, I remember when we were in Philly, uh, Jeremy, you and me, I mean, people at Independence Hall were very knowledgeable. I mean, they're good. They're definitely underappreciated 100%. Yeah, they, they uh, are.
0: Yeah, because yeah, when we're at Independence Hall, like, we watched a guy answer a very simple question from a very young kid. Um Asked, someone asked what was kind of a question that kind of indicated they didn't really know much about the Declaration of Independence, handle it with stride, didn't make that person feel bad, you know, like handled it as much as a very really deep question. Then we had a guy that was kind of, in my eyes, was being kind of a jerk, trying to stump the ranger, like asking all these obscure questions. And he just rolled with it and didn't have an attitude about it actually he knew the answer to every single one of the questions. Uh, but it was definitely kind of like a you know, I didn't, I didn't feel was a very respectful exchange from the, from the visitor, but that was like so impressive. And, and I was like, man, we got like the best ranger in the world. And then I realized like, they're all that way. Like they're, they're all so good at dealing with people. They're also knowledgeable. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a very cool element of the battlefields that I think, um, is one of the best and I think under appreciated or, or lesser known aspects of our of all of our national parks, but the battlefields specifically.
2: Don't be the dude or the lady that tries to play stump the ranger. Gosh, I've
1: I seen hate, that before. I hate it so much. I felt the the girl that that happened in front of me at Chickamauga, and like um, my husband and I just kind of stood back watching it. And and Jer was like, "Is is he doing that deliberately? Is he trying to stump her?" And I said, "Yeah." And she's, he's like, "She's handling it so," and she did. She was so good about it and it was just you know i was just kind of standing back watching her and i went up to her after her and i said you handled that really well and she said oh i get this a lot i'm like i can just imagine yeah
2: yeah q a's like uh whether it's on like a tour you have that ability or it's like you know i've been exposed to sometimes where we screen something and they ask q and a's aren't like a it's not a game show for you to go, yeah, no more than the person taking the cash. I, I can't. I wish it was socially acceptable to hit yes. yeah.
1: them. Yeah. I, I encountered that at actually speaking the Cyclorama. I did. Um, there's a really good. It's like a lecture and tour that you can do after hours at the visitor center. It's called Evening with the Cyclorama. You have to get tickets for it. Um, but it's a really good lecture about the history of it. Talks about the artist, and it was really good. And then you get to go in, and I got to go behind the Cyclorama. So see how it's all hung. I was standing literally inches from it because you go right; they take you right down into it. Um, but there was a guy there that was playing like he was trying to stump the the girl that was leading the the lecture and the tour with these questions. And it was just I was like, I said to my friend, I'm like, oh, I can I like, why is he doing this? He's ruining it for everybody else because he keeps interrupting to like her to ask these questions.
0: Yeah, and that's. I agree, and they are impressive, like like when we were at Independence Hall, that one was because people would ask, like, did so-and-so sign it? And they just started going through all these people, and not only did he know every single person who signed the Declaration of Independence, what state they were from, their background, mm-hmm. he would he knew who didn't, which is like insane, so he'd be like, oh, actually not a signer because he was in France at the time, actually not a signer because he was indisposed, like, it was amazing, and the battlefields are the same way, like, they know everything, which... You know there are so many different battalions and companies and you know divisions and all that other stuff and and generals and um, and the Civil War I think is an area of history as much or more than any other um, and really I think military history maybe if you want to make it a, a little bit broader where folks tend to engage in that like in in this show we are or at least I am uh, expressly vehemently against that like history knowledge is not a competitive sport (laughs) we're all in this together and if you know nothing about abraham lincoln i would love to talk to you and if you know everything about abraham lincoln i would also love to talk to you like Mm -hmm. it is you know i don't feel knowledge should be a competitive anything um and pointing out where somebody may be mistaken i think is fine but it needs to be done in a respectful way not a i know more than you do type of way um because that's really what it's all about anyway. Which leads me to a point.
2: <laughs> um, you do mean except for the game show podcast that we did. Well, that that's uh, nice. yeah, that's, like trivia, trivia. is different. Actually, we did mean we let Mary win. Right. Uh, <laughs> as to what actually happened. Well, and so, I love trivia. We are competitive
0: But this, well, I mean, I still would argue, I don't hear you mean, no. right? But I still, I like to do bar trivia. I love it. Actually, it's kind of a little bit of a hobby of mine as well. But like. Like, it's even there. Like, when people, when anybody makes anyone else feel like they're less than because they didn't know an answer to mm-hmm. a trivia question, like, everybody hates that guy or person. You know, like, don't be that person that's like, oh, you yeah. didn't know that the blah, blah, blah was the blah, blah, blah? Like, no, and, and good for you. Um, but anyway, um, I did see a, an interesting T-shirt while I was in Gettysburg. In Gettysburg, mind you. Um, and that's one thing that you have to... Except, I think, in a certain way, when you two are Civil War battlefields, you're going to see um, lots of different folks. Um, this person had a T-shirt on that had two Confederate flags. He also had a Confederate flag hat on, but his shirt said, um, "And I will quote: If this shit offends you, then you need a history lesson." <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. So I did not did engage with that. I, I actually had with me, uh, my iPad and a microphone. So I was going to record some live stuff, kind of how Nick did, um, with that kind of dispatches from the field episode we did. I didn't really get around to doing it. I really was tempted to just be like, give me your history lesson. I would love, let me hear your history lesson and kind (laughs) of listen to it. Um, so that's a little bit different of a, I know more than you do conversation. This is more, (laughs) but that's more about values and and in my opinion, deliberately misunderstanding history, um, but and, and also saying that that you're not entitled to your own feelings. If you feel offended, you're not entitled to that because I get to decide whether or not you're offended, um, which I obviously disagree with because if I do or say something that offends you, that is your right as a human being, and it it's not my right to tell you whether or not you can be offended. Anyway, um, that was an interesting, um, shirt. Um, I mean, I agree that it is shit. Um, but other than that, um, so, and you do see a lot of that. There's quite a, and and I was like, man, you know, I did have the thought like, I wonder, there's probably way more of this obviously at battlefields in the South, but this is at, at Gettysburg of, you know, I just, it was interesting to me that, that that kind of stuff was there. And I saw, uh, And he was not the only person who was wearing, um, wearing the, the Confederate flag and, and, Um, a lot of bumper stickers and things along those lines. I don't know if you've run into any of that.
1: I I have.
0: Yeah, you've been to more Southern ones.
1: Yeah, I, well, Chickamauga and, you know, driving down, Jerry was like, he's like, we're going to the battle. We're going to a place where your, your guy Sherman is not really well-respected. And I said, I know I'm, I'm keeping that in mind. And I did talk to one person, um, and we were talking about the Civil War, and I said, yeah, my favorite general is General Sherman. And he just looked right at me, and he was like, he's a murderer. And I just said, I'm like, you are very much entitled to your opinion on that. And I said, but I have mine, and he's my favorite general for a variety of reasons. And then we went on to have a conversation about battlefields. So, I mean, I just, I wasn't, I didn't want to get into it with him. It's, it was his opinion. I, I mean, I, I don't agree with it, but just, you know, he flat out said to me, he was a murderer and here's why. And he told me all these reasons why. And, um, I met somebody at a winery of all places who was telling me about his friend who was a reenactor and that he said, he's like, my friend doesn't think that the civil war was fought over slavery. And I was like, we need an entire bottle of wine to have this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you encounter, and it, like you kind of have to just take it as it comes to you and pick and sounds weird but pick your battles with it um but yeah I have I have encountered it where I've just wanted to be like oh, he wasn't a murderer like how can you say that but then I have to remember where I am and he was he was probably in his 60s this this gentleman who who said it to me so I just I said I'm like you've got your opinion and I said I've got mine and I, I'm not changing my opinion about them. We just went on to something else.
2: Yeah, I don't come across something like that, but I do remember I was at Shiloh, and then you go to a lot of these battlefields to like have somebody out there in uniform, like demoing, you know, the weapons or you know uh, how medicine stuff like that um, was done. And it was one of those where it was like the weapons and everything, and the guy was wearing the Union blue, and sure enough. One of the people was like, oh, when are you going to change into, you know, the Confederate uniform? How come you're a Union soldier? Like, all offended that he was a Union soldier uh, mm. for the depot there, um, which I, I think, I believe they did have Confederate Grey as well, but it just happened to be the Union's turn. So, yeah, he was very bent out of shape about that. So, I don't know, I think people, there's got to be like... Um, very people go in there with a loyalty, one side or another. I think there's probably very few neutral people going in there
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> to those battlefields.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and be, it's. I mean, yeah, and I mean, it's a nuanced thing. I get. I mean, I understand it, but like the, you know, I guess it's not a really t-shirt friendly uh, approach to it to to like appreciate the spirit of the 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 enlisted people up on the Confederacy who, you know, had no choice but to fight or were mm-hmm. fighting for ideals that they didn't fully understand. Um, you know, I like that's a very nuanced thing to get. Um, I still disagree with it, but I think there is an argument there for like, you know, th- these concepts were bigger than, you know, I, I, I can't forgive the generals. Um, I can't forgive Jefferson Davis, obviously, and Stevens and those, those people but like there is an argument out there for like these concepts at the time and in that place were bigger than, I think any one person at the lower levels could understand. Um, No disrespect to them, I just think, you know, with access to resources and all kinds of other stuff. Anyway, I don't wanna get, that's not what this show's about, but like the whole, um, for some reason, like I think when you go to those battlefields and like, I think there are folks that feel empowered to show that, you know, like to declare a side, you know, it's kind of like one of those things where like, you know, I don't, I wouldn't wear my Cubs jersey around St. Louis, but if I'm going to the ball game and they're playing like, well, that's a safe space because like the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing. So I'll wear it there, like on a different scale, you know, like I think it, you know, I would never wear this if this shit offends you t-shirt out to dinner, but I'm going to a battlefield and that's like a civil war thing. So if I wear it, it's going to be okay here. Um, and it's, it's not <laughs> you know i didn't
2: yeah, but, yeah. You know. i agree that confederate shirt is almost equivalent to you probably saw this back in the day the Albert pool holes ones yep that were floating yeah. around they were very the offensive, yes. very <laughs>
0: offensive
2: very uh, offensive uh, someone
0: bought me so, one of those and i threw it away
2: so you, you do see that sports related especially when it comes cubs cardinals at times so that's what i would say the equivalent of a guy with the uh, and why do you need three confederate flags why, why you gotta wear three of them too i don't know but um and i'm sure if you had a union flag shirt like that he would have been pissed at you that's for sure so mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah and that's but it wasn't just the idea wearing the confederate flag is offensive enough it's the idea yeah. of if this offends you f you you know what i mean like it wasn't even a that's not about pride you know, when it, if, I, yeah. if I wear something with pride, that doesn't mean that I get to say, and you can't not like this. Like, you know. Yeah, it's I, like yeah.
1: you, your opinion doesn't matter. And I mean, I've on Twitter, I have a few people I talk to and our opinions are very different about the Civil War and the generals and all that. But we have very respectful discussions with each other and a couple of them have become friends of mine and they just have different opinions from me. But like, that's where you can discuss and one of them has actually grown to like Sherman. Um, he didn't he didn't know anything about him beforehand and he started reading about him and he says he has a, you know, a new found respect for him. So it's I think it's about like I said, picking your battles but walking that fine line and just being respectful of not Say, not wearing a shirt like that and basically saying, F you, your opinion doesn't matter, but saying, well, what is your opinion and why, you know, and talking about it in a respectful way.
2: Right. Luckily, it's pretty quick to, uh, it's usually pretty quick to figure out uh, which people you can engage with. Exactly, it are. is,
1: yeah, yeah. There, there are people I've encountered on Twitter where I'm like, I'm not even going to engage you. This is, like, it's not worth it. Well, like,
2: yeah. uh, like the guy you saw. You just don't engage that. No,
1: you don't do that. <laughs> right.
0: And, and, and I also feel that I have less of a stake in engaging with, with him than others. Like, you know, yeah. I, I'm really curious, like, what if a descendant of an enslaved person said, like, I just, you know, I noticed your shirt and I just wanted you to know that that image makes me, reminds me of the fact that my ancestors were enslaved and were stripped of all of their basic human rights. And mm-hmm. and that that's why it offends me. Like what history lesson is he now going to provide that person, and I'm sure I know what it is about well that's this is not, uh, not about that da 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 but to, that, but that's that's dehumanizing also to say that how you feel about this is not how you're supposed to feel about it i mm-hmm. I will tell you how you're supposed to feel about it that is that is dehumanizing and that's that's that was my biggest issue with that um with the t- shirt was that part of it
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, definitely understandable. So Mary so, should get a Sherman shirt.
1: I do have and some. And I that, have one.
2: And that says, uh, what's that Doris song? Like, light my fire. Or something
1: like that. Like, oh. there, there, there's one on uh, Redbubble that has Sherman's picture on it. And it says, Sherman, Atlanta's original torchbearer.
0: That's pretty bad. See, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and, like, you would know not, like, you're not going to wear that to I, Atlanta. No, and else. I didn't
1: wear, like, I do have a shirt that has, it's got a beautiful painting on it of Sherman in Atlanta. I, I would not wear that because I don't want to start anything and I don't want to go in there with somebody thinking, oh, she's, you know, clearly picking side. like, you know, I, I just, I don't want to bother anybody with that. I want to keep it kind of neutral. Um. But yeah, I do have Sherman on my phone case, and a few people have seen seen it, and they have commented on it and said, "Why do you have him on your phone case?"
0: Yeah, see, that's mm-hmm. it's in you know what what it, what possesses people to talk about that. So, um, I know. Also, on my trip, I did. Uh, I was able to. We're kind of into, and I know Nick. When you were a kid, you were kind of into this too. Like, we're kind of into visiting state capitals. Um, so we actually went to seven state capitals, um, and it was. Uh, we did go to Virginia's, uh, which was super cool, and I recommend it. It kind of goes along the same lines of Civil War tourism. If you're kind of into film and movie tourism as well, um, it's kind of cool because a lot of movies film use that as the White House if they're period films because it looks like the White House before the White House was updated. And the exchange between uh, Abraham Lincoln and Elizabeth Keckley in the film Lincoln was filmed in front of the Virginia State Capitol, so it's kind of um, neat to stand there. Um but uh, the Virginia State Capitol is overwhelmingly populated with Confederate figures, um, like many, many, many of them, uh, including people who you wouldn't think would be there because they're not even Virginians like Alexander Stevens, but um so I was kind of struck by that. Um they're 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 quite prominent there. a giant statue of Stonewall Jackson uh outside the on, on the grounds. Um, so that kind of struck me a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously I suspected it or anticipated it. Um, the South Carolina capital no longer, uh, flies the Confederate flag above it. Um, and that it was kind of, kind of cool, but the one that was really interesting to me my favorite one that we went to.
2: Real quick about the South. However, there is one day a year, they like bring it out for a few hours. And it just happened, the Confederate flag, that is. Mm-hmm. Really? And it just happened a couple days ago. I saw, I don't know where I saw it, if I saw it on Twitter or something. And like they had like a ceremony before, because I think it was taken down in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then it was literally, it had to be within definitely the past month, if not the past week. So I saw that. I thought that was kind of crazy. But go ahead, sorry.
0: Yeah. And by the way, South Carolina has done a great job branding their own state flag. And like, it's very recognizable, it's very cool design, and people recognize it and put it on bumper stickers and stuff, like, it's a source of pride and it should be for South Carolinians. Go with that one. It's a very, very cool flag. Anyway, um, Kentucky, the Kentucky State Capitol um, has a beautiful, magnificent Lincoln statue. And uh, if you look just over Lincoln's right shoulder, there's Jefferson Davis. Because uh, because he was born in Kentucky, um, but a, st- a border state obviously who had units on both sides, but officially uh, a state that did not secede, has the you know has a statue of Jefferson Davis, um, you know it's Henry Clay, Jefferson Davis, and then two other Kentuckians. I can't remember exactly who they were. Um, and then the, and then the big Lincoln, it was interesting. Uh, but that Capitol building, just in case you're into visiting them is beautiful as far as, um, the architecture and the, the size and scale and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but we ended up going to Indiana, Ohio, which Ohio has got a lot of, there's like a Lincoln civil war monument, uh, in and of itself. It's, it's got Sherman grant, uh, Stanton chase. All kind of around this monument, um, and then there's a couple others on there. Um, Garfield's on there, excuse uh, in the Civil War*, but um, super cool. So I got to see a Sherman monument, which was which was cool to see. Yeah, I
1: I, I appreciated you sending me those pictures. That was yeah. that was awesome. I've been number of times. I've been to Ohio. I have not yet been to Columbus to see that.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's worth checking out. Um, and then we so we went to Indiana, Ohio. Um, uh, Maryland, Annapolis, which is cool. It's much, much older. It's got a little bit more revolutionary Mm -hmm. type history to it. Uh, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Kentucky. So it was fun. Awesome.
2: Pretty nerdy, man.
0: Pretty nerdy. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty nerdy. So, um, so going, getting back to the Civil War battlefields. Um, I was gonna go to Manassas. I elected, we elected not to. We actually went to the National Mall in D.C. instead, and kind of walked around there. Which, by the way, I did get to go to the Lincoln Memorial. I did post a picture about that. Um, but super, super awesome to, to go there, especially with my kids. So I, I very much enjoyed that. Um, and. Um, so the battlefields that I would I would definitely recommend going to Gettysburg. Um, we um, I, one other thing that I enjoy, and Nick, you kind of mentioned it a little bit. That's kind of I think is fun. That just to kind of plant the seed if you're thinking about it. Um, we just happened to kind of take. We drove from uh, Gettysburg. We did head over to Annapolis, but basically from Gettysburg to Washington D.C. Uh, to Richmond. Um, it's I I was interested in just kind of feel like just how far that is. Um, and I was kind of enjoying driving into Gettysburg, thinking about the terrain that Lee may have, that the the Army of Northern Virginia would have marched through, um, and what that kind of looked like and try to picture what that would look like in the mid 19th century. Uh, and really just the, the scale of the war going from, you know, you always, you always think about how close Richmond and Washington are. and they're not, I mean, they are close, but then you think about marching. I'm like, I don't want to march that far. So, um, you know, it's to kind of picture that and to picture those troop movements, I think that also gives you a pretty good idea, um, of the size and scale of the war itself, especially when you're standing on the battlefield thinking like, okay, I'm standing on little round top. And if I look out and over to my right, like 70 to 80,000 Confederate troops. And, and over here, you know, 80 to 90,000, you know, depending on the, on which day of the battle you're talking about, um, American troops, just fascinating to see that in a picture. And then to think like as retreating and Meade does not pursue him, like how that all, how that would have looked. And then like, as you're driving into or leaving Gettysburg, think about like, okay, here's where the retreat would have happened. You've got upwards of a hundred thousand people. Leaving and trying to stave off uh, an attack through the through that retreat uh, is just fascinating.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's awesome. Gettysburg's a must go. I mean, if you're a Civil War fan, mm-hmm. I mean, they have everything so nicely set up. The museum, you know, I always start with the museum, then you know, kind of get where you're at. Then I get my atlas or whatever my battlefield map is for me when I'm out there hoofing it. And then, I mean, you could do it by car, too. There's a ton of great different ways to do it. You could do audio books. There's all sorts of different ways to go about it. Um, and then just eat. I remember I had this Civil War professor. She was awesome. And the biggest mistake I ever made is she would always talk about the battle. And then she'd be like, oh, there's this great barbecue place here. There's great food here. here." And I never wrote them down as she was talking. And I think about that all the time, like when I go to these battlefields. and Because I always like to try to eat local there. Um, and... You know, I'm like, gosh, I wish I remembered. Best onion rings I ever had, though, anyways. We're in Gettysburg. at some, like, Irish pub in the basement.
1: Oh, I know
2: uh, the one you mean. So I just remember it being really good. So I can't remember the name to save life. But, yeah, all these places have great little – most of them do, anyways – have great little old downtown sections. I mean, it is their source of income in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for this. I mean, Gettysburg, for the locals that live there, I'm sure tourism's probably the number one um, – you know, cash cow there. So definitely support that stuff. And bookstores, man, I always do the bookstores at the end. That usually is about $50 later. Uh, I,
1: I found a really good one when I was there uh, in June of 2017. My friend and I stumbled upon it was a used bookstore. We went in there oh. twice. The second night we spent, I think it was three hours in there. And the owner, Craig, was awesome. But both of us left with a banker's box full of books. Well, Gettysburg has like
2: all those antique shops too. Oh, I know, tower. yeah. And I'm, and, I'm into yeah. antiques. <laughs> we went through those, spent hours in those places yeah. alone. So, Gettysburg, you could spend a month there easily. So, yeah.
1: So I, I'm going in November for the 155th of the address. So, I'll be there for, um, I think my friend and I are going to try and be there for the Illuminary ceremony or the Illuminaries, which they put on the in the cemetery on, it'll be, I think, the Saturday night this year, and then or no, Sunday night, and then the uh, commemoration is on the Monday. Uh, And I think Harold Holzer is speaking this year.
2: That'll be awesome.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to see that. So I think I'll have four or five days there, which I'm going to obviously tour around the battlefield a bit too, but um, I'm very much looking forward to going back there again.
2: Yeah, and I will say every battle. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, I
0: think Gettysburg's the the flagship kind of of Civil War tourism. I, I do like how tasteful the town is, too, because, like, it is touristy, but it's not in your face. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like Civil War Vegas or anything like that, you know. Um, it's it's definitely the town is still intact. Like, they've really done a nice job with it. The I will say the monuments are a little, and I love monuments. I, like, I got to stop and get out and look at them all the time, but... They're almost a little overdone in Gettysburg. Like every single unit has one. Like they almost dominate the landscape at times. Uh, You see a lot of really cool photos of them. Like if you look at one of them in a sunset and stuff, it always looks cool, but there are so many of them um, that sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. Yet at the same time, if you're researching or if you've like read about a specific unit, it's pretty cool to go and see like, wow, this was the 82nd Indiana Mm -hmm. or whatever. find it that way which which I think is, is cool as well so yeah definitely I think you can make a Gettysburg vacation um, on its own um, but you kind of have to realize if you do that um, the rest of the battlefields are very cool the Rangers are great the bookstores and the museums are pretty good but like the, the Cadillac is gonna be Gettysburg for sure um, and everything else is is kind of catching up. The one difference I think is Appomattox. Uh, you know, obviously it's been a long, long time since I've been there, but that's so different. Where you're actually seeing where the where Lee and Grant met. Um, it's kind of a different feel. So obviously you're not going to get the same kind of idea, but it's still pretty cool. Um, but yeah, definitely, highly recommend it.
1: And I I can't recommend Chickamauga enough for a Southern Battlefield. Um, it's the only Southern Battlefield I've been to so far, but for me it 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 comes out as probably my favorite to visit Uh, the visitor center is amazing Uh, the video that they have like about the battle to introduce you to it is so well done and it's just um, a very cool place to walk around and it's it's odd that such a horrific battle took place there but it's so peaceful now Um, and I think it like I love Gettysburg it's another of my favorites to visit as well um and yeah some of the other battlefields i think they kind of get lost in in the mix of that but yeah i can't recommend chickamauga and lookout mountain like to go up there and see um you really understand as you're standing there looking over chattanooga why that city was so important for lincoln and the union to get um you just you know you see the river flowing around it and that it's this hub for these railways and that's why the union needed to get it and once they got it that basically opened everything else up to happen um i was talking to one local there at uh, again a winery yes i visit wineries at these places um and he he and i were talking he was a northerner He was from ohio and he of course made mention that sherman was my favorite journal and he was like well you do know that this one little known fact is this is where his march began was here in Chattanooga and I was like yeah that makes sense because then he went on to Atlanta and from there to Savannah. So it's it's very cool chatting to the locals too when you go to places like restaurants wineries wherever that they they know a lot about the history as well um and they can sometimes tell you some little known things that you know little known places to go see um and stuff like that too.
2: Yeah, I must say, you know, we talk yeah, a lot about it- Gettysburg. But there's been every battlefield i've been to has been awesome very well um preserved um you know all the museums the gift shops have been outstanding um from you know manassas to harper's ferry to shiloh to antietam um you know they're all very well kept um and we're very lucky to have that too so take advantage of that stuff especially you know the great thing with the civil war you hit you know you go out to a battle bull run man you can if you plan your vacation right, you can knock out five, seven different battlefields like that. Or, um, So, yeah, I mean, they're very condensed and located as long as you can get out to that location. Um, yeah, I recommend it. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and you can definitely do that, like Gettysburg, um, Manassas, Gettysburg, Antietam, Manassas, go over to Chancellorsville, Appomattox. Um, and there's also a lot of other things to see there as well, because in there you can You hit D.C., Monticello's over by Chancellorsville, you know, there's all kinds of cool stuff. The one thing about Gettysburg I think that you need to note, which I think every other battlefield offers in a way, is you can go somewhere and kind of have some quiet, like, reflection, kind of take it in a little bit. Gettysburg's really not going to probably have a whole lot of opportunities to do that unless you go earlier in the morning or later at night because it is pretty – and granted, I was there in the summertime, um and i was there just after the anniversary i was there on you know july 6th um but it's pretty crowded there's quite a lot of tourists there like when you stand on little round top you're going to park your car with about 15 20 other cars and there's going to be a lot of folks there um so there is that but i mean you can still reflect a little bit but if you're really looking for that kind of um like mary was kind of alluding to this what was was once an exploding cannon shells musket fire tens of thousands of people engaged in a fight and many of them dying and they kind of like appreciating the peace that is there now something you know that's not going to be quite the same at gettysburg as it is other places so um but anyway highly recommend all national parks especially uh, civil war battlefields so check them out if you have any experiences from battlefields um, either as a child um, or now uh, definitely share them with us on the Facebook group or on Twitter or Instagram or at Railsplitter pod. Uh, we do have a weekly feature that we do every week called of the people by the people, where we each share our favorite social media post not necessarily a favorite, but a social media post that jumped out at us. Uh, so Mary or Nick, did you want to start with uh, of the people by the people this week?
2: Yeah, I go first. Um, all right. This is, this was retweeted by the U S grant presidential library. Um, and basically, uh, this person found the general, the car, not the General Lee, but the General Grant. That was awesome. It's like the same model. Um, and instead of being painted orange, it's painted blue. Instead of the one on the side door, it's the 50, five, zero. And then on the very top, you got the American flag. And right underneath it says General Grant. Uh, so it is pretty awesome. Um, And I agree with the original poster. It comes from respecter of some birds, not all, kind of a random name. Um, And whoever owns this rules and I agree 100%. So go to U.S. Grant Presidential Library um, and it is awesome. So yeah, that's mine.
1: Want me to go next? I can go. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Okay, so uh, mine this week comes uh, is Dave Taylor, our friend at Boothie Barn on Twitter, he tweeted a picture to me, and he was at Arlington National Cemetery, and he he said, I saw one of your favorite Civil War Canadians today, and he tweeted a picture of the grave of Edward uh, P. Doherty, who was the leader of the cavalry that found John Wilkes Booth. And Edward Doherty was indeed Canadian and he is obviously buried in Arlington National Cemetery. And I thought that was really awesome that Dave did that. So thank you again for that, Dave. It was really cool of you. Yeah,
2: Boothy Barn, he rocks. Yeah.
0: He does. Uh, and I was, actually, I was actually thinking about Dave because uh, as I was taking the family through Maryland and into Washington, um, You know Dave I did not ignore your offer to to take us on a uh, tour of Maryland and John Wilkes Booth's trip and everything I just was very pressed for time and was with my family so if I'm ever out there again I definitely will uh, will, we'll let you know ahead of time and hopefully we can hook that up Um, and I agree Nick that General Grant was was awesome and uh, I hope to see see replicas of that as often as I see replicas of the General Lee. Uh, I just want to and I don't you know uh, we are very humble here on the podcast, so I'm not trying well, to well, do anything, but I was was extremely humbled and honored uh, that Ford's Theater mentioned us in a tweet. So I wanted to thank the, them and anyone who listens who's kind of associated with that group. And um, the fact that we were listed, the fact that Ford's Theater alone tweeted us was like so moving. But the mm-hmm. list of podcasts that we were included with was like, I kind yeah. of want to tweet him back and be like, uh, not quite. We appreciate it, but I don't know. Because uh, mm-hmm. Presidential, which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Uncivil Show, um, uh, Stuff You Should Know, in The Memory Palace were listed as Lincoln Podcasts along with us. Uh, which was awesome. So, thank you to the social media folks over at Ford's Theater. You are also on the list of people who I wanted to visit while I was in Washington, D.C., but I was with a four and a seven year old and we had about three hours. Um, so, I wasn't, and, and you were closed when we were there. So, um, we definitely want to check out Ford's Theater and we'll definitely want to do some content around Ford's Theater. So, thank you, social media folks there, for uh, not only mentioning us as a Lincoln podcast recommendation, but putting us in that company was, was very humbling. So those are some great shows. Uh, we do have it this week in Lincoln this week. Uh, I don't know if one of you wanted to, um, uh, talk about it. It was something I believe from our Facebook group.
2: Uh, hold on before real quick as I was thinking here and I almost interrupted the Boothie barn shout out, which was, or not, nah, we got that and almost ruined the fourth theater shout out, which is very nice of them. I'm sure all those other podcasts listen to ours and turned it off, and we'll never mention this again. <laughs> um, but we keep talking about how we need to make all these trips. Maybe we need to do a fundraiser so we can build a general grant and take that on the road as a rail yes. splitter mobile. So that, yes. that would be pretty epic. Um, but <laughs> needless to say, I wonder if the horn plays play- Battle of the Republic.
1: Ooh, that would be epic. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs>
2: Uh, i'm sure when we build it we'll make sure it does so um yeah so if you know how to do this stuff because i don't and i don't know if you two do but uh, we're gonna need help from our listeners
0: so if you have a refurbished dodge charger that we could paint as a general grant um and we don't need to be picky we could make it a general sherman or a you know uh, Really, any general, I suppose. Uh, union, obviously, um, but I like the Grant idea, um, or we yeah. could just make a President Lincoln one. So we could do um, a General
2: McClellan, take the wheels off, and just put it on like some bricks.
0: Yeah, and like we'll just stand and look at it every now and then, and just yeah. be like. I don't think it's quite ready to run yet.
2: No, I don't think we should even take the
0: wheels off. I think it should be like perfect. Like it would run perfectly. It's like the perfect car in the perfect position to run perfectly, but we just won't drive it because it's the General McClellan.
1: It's fatigued.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) And then one of us will make like amazing smart ass remarks like, you know, if you're not gonna use that perfectly usable car, I'd like to borrow it for a while. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and then people could be like, "It's only ten miles away." Be like, "No, uh, my Pickertons told me it's at least two hundred miles."
1: Sure. <laughs> I can't right, put that many miles. There's, there's, there's know, like yeah. no
0: roadblocks at all. There's nothing. Oh no, I think there's there's thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh McClellan, you son of a gun! <laughs> all right. So anyway, are this week in Lincoln?
2: Yeah. Am I going? Who's going? we give it a shout out to somebody uh, other than me i do it all the time
1: is it the history buff one
2: yeah you go ahead yeah let's do that one
1: so eric lee on our rail splitter uh facebook page which if you haven't liked it yet please like it he posted um a shirt that he came across on six dollar shirts and it is history just says history buff and it's got like a picture of a very buff abraham lincoln um it's actually quite amusing so thank you eric for posting that
2: I believe he's purchasing it, too. That's what he said.
0: I would feel personally yeah. a little intimidated purchasing that shirt because I would feel like I need to exercise a lot more and, like, work on my guns because yeah. I don't feel that they're worthy yeah. of that history buff Do you buy it small? I, I have the history part, I think. I don't have the buff part, but, you know.
1: I can tell maybe, you, though, maybe that maybe $6, doll, six so, dollar shirts have Anyway, I think list. it's... $6 shirt says really good quality t-shirts. That's where I got my Cape Emancipator shirt from, and they're really good.
2: So you buy a history buff shirt? Yeah, so check it as, out. Like, in a... Get it smaller, like, you know, so it's tighter <laughs> on you so you could look buff.
0: <laughs> that, that's, yeah. I think you almost have to. Um, and I will give real quick and honorable mention uh, to a t-shirt I saw at the Gettysburg Gift Shop, and I'll... I wanted it badly, but I didn't buy it because it was like $26, which is like obviously 20 more than the 6 dollars com shirt, um, and I just can't couldn't justify spending $26 on a t-shirt. But um, it was very simple. It was a great t-shirt, and it just had an outline of Abraham Lincoln, and under it, it just said TBH. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening this week, everyone. Uh, We hope you enjoy some Civil War battlefields yourself and can share some of those experiences with us. Uh, definitely engage with us on social media. We have quite a lot of good episodes uh, planned for you coming up, including some user-submitted content that we're really excited to share. So uh, thank you all once again for listening. And for Splitter Mary and Railsplitter Nick, I am Splitter Jeremy signing off for the week and reminding you to continue to walk the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we'll see you next week.